0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the AVE Geeks podcast. I'm Sergeant Jack Anderson, and I'm here tonight with Sergeant Aiden Paul. How's it going? And unfortunately, tonight, Sergeant McConnell will not be joining us. So, Sergeant Paul and I will be running the show in her absence. Um, for tonight, we have a pretty interesting topic. Again, I'm, I'm realizing I say that at the start of pretty much every single episode, but you know what? They're all interesting. If they weren't, we wouldn't make an episode about it. But that is no, true. Yeah, that's very true. We have a lot of very interesting topics on this show. I know sometimes we have uh, a few more boring ones. Um, we're just talking about numbers and specs, but there are a lot of very interesting ones. And this is definitely <coughs> going to Airbus. be one of them. Pardon?
1: <laughs> Boeing versus Airbus. <laughs> that was maybe.
0: Boeing versus Airbus. Yeah, that had a lot of numbers and statistics in it, but. <laughs> Hopefully, this is going to be an interesting one. They still haven't heard the topic. So the topic for tonight is going to be gliders and the use of them during World War II. So obviously, Paul and I are both air cadets. Uh, Sergeant McConnell is too. But Paul and I are both in the glide or the glider ground school program. I almost said the glide school. But no, it's the ground school program to go to uh, the glider flight training, which is over the summer. Um, and gliders, uh, Paul, I think you've been up in one and I've been up on one too. They're a lot of fun, mm-hmm. they're very interesting.
1: Oh and, yeah, that was awesome.
0: Mm, they're, they're a lot of fun. And one thing I found interesting was that this is one of the only recorded instances that they've ever actually been used in combat, World War II. So um, in World War I, I don't really think the technology was really there to have uh, like paratrooper gliders And then after that, there just really wasn't a need for them. So we're going to be talking a little bit tonight about um, how they were used, why they were used, what different types there were, and really why we don't see combat gliders anymore. So, first and foremost, the two main gliders used by the Allies during the war were the Airspeed AS-51 Horsa and the Waco CG-4A. And they were most commonly towed by the C-47 in the case of the American. Or the Lancaster bomber in the case of the British. Um, now, I would I would absolutely regret it if I did not talk about the largest glider in history, which was the German ME-321. And this was developed in the early 1940s with the purpose of assisting airborne divisions during Operation Sea line which was the Germans' planned invasion of the UK. Now this thing is pretty rare to see. It's very rare to see a picture of this aircraft, um, and that's because it was rarely used. It was just so impractical that the Luftwaffe barely ever flew this thing.
1: Honestly, uh, the the honestly the German military just has a habit of doing that in late, in war. Like you had the A seven V, you had the you had the mouse, you had the Me three twenty one, the Me two six two, like the Tiger hmm. tank, like.
0: See, the difference is, though, those were good. They just couldn't build a lot of them. This wasn't in any way, shape, or form good. Um, (laughs) Because I want to describe it in a way people can understand. Imagine a glider the size of a C-130 Hercules. Because that is about the size it was. It was just a few feet shorter. Its wingspan was actually a few feet longer than the C-130 Hercules. So you can imagine that, a glider... So an aircraft without an engine, the size of a massive military transport filled with tanks and men. And that went about just as well as you would expect it to go. (laughs) Um, This thing was absolutely awful. It usually took up to three BF-110 heavy fighters to tow it. So these are three very powerful aircraft, the BF-110, It took three of them to take off and most times it couldn't actually do it they had to use rocket assisted takeoff in fact the glider was so heavy that uh, the Heinkel company developed a special aircraft just to tow it it was called the HE-111Z and I encourage people to go and look at a picture of this it's two Heinkel HE-111s stuck together with an engine in between um So I had five engines all total and even with that much horsepower, I actually want to point out this thing had more horsepower than a C1 Hercules, even with that much horsepower it still required rocket boosters to take off and once it had uh, taken off it just uh, dropped those rocket boosters off, they'd parachute to the ground and then they could be refilled. But seriously this thing was so impractical that it was barely ever used. It was used maybe once or twice in combat, and the rest of the time it was just used to transport stuff around.
1: Wow, that um, is the single most impractical aircraft ever cre- that I've ever heard of, actually.
0: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You could probably, well, and it could only fit one tank on it, so you might as well just load like 50 tanks onto a train and right. not have it probably crash like you would with this thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the German Air Force was thinking with this one. I mean, like anyone with like two brain cells or more would be able to see that that is a bad idea right from the start. Okay, boys, I mean, boys,
1: I got an idea, right? Well, we'll take a glider, right? We'll put a tank on it and then have the glider be towed, be towed up to, the, to a few thousand feet, right? And, but now we'll do that instead of just putting a tank on the tow planes in the first place.
0: Well, that's essentially what they were doing. They were, uh, they were essentially just strapping a tank and a ton of equipment and a ton of men to the back of a tow plane. That did not go very well. <laughs> and eventually, the Luftwaffe came to their senses, and they remodeled it uh, into the ME-323, which had six engines on it. So you know what? The airframe worked. They just needed engines on it. That was the one crucial thing they were missing. I think maybe on the first one, they cheaped out a bit. They thought, hey, we don't need engines. Let's just tow it up there. (laughs) Uh, I mean, who could have seen that one coming, that it it wasn't going to be the best plane ever? Who would have known? Now, what do you say we talk about slightly more uh, practical gliders, like the ones used (laughs) by the Allies? Let's talk about some actually successful gliding. So, the Allied gliders saw great success on the D-Day landings, and they were also used but less successfully during the liberation of the Netherlands.
1: Yeah, um, memory serves correct. They, the gliders during D-Day landings, like the night before, they were sent, sent into a, a few critical bridges all in France and Normandy to, to get rid of the bridges to prevent German reinforcements. Chances are, without them, the D-Day landing would have been much, much deadlier.
0: Exactly, yeah. So these gliders were mainly used in uh, unison with paratroopers as well. So you usually would not see a formation of gliders just going in by themselves. Usually, they'd have paratroopers along with that. Um. So typically, the British um, glider, which was the uh, AS-51 Horsa, that would usually only have infantry in it. And then the American one, which was the Waco CG4A, uh, that usually had infantry and then some uh, lighter vehicles. So like you'd have like a Jeep, maybe two in there. Um, so yeah, there's no way you'd be able to fit a tank in this thing like you would uh, the German one, but it was still a lot more practical. Um, now I that brings up that the...
1: Sorry, what was that? If you could actually get the Waco in the air.
0: Exactly, you could actually get these gliders in the air and you didn't have to do any fancy maneuvers. You didn't have to add rocket jets to the back of your bombers. You could actually take off in these things pretty decently. Um, so this brings up the big question though, what was the main purpose of a glider? Why not use a regular plane? Well, the main reason was they were a lot cheaper um, so you wouldn't want to risk like a massive airplane, a massive transport plane, not only that, but they were much lighter. So, uh, a transport plane, like the C 47, it would probably take a couple hundred feet to land that thing. Um, whereas a, a glider would probably take half that much, if that maybe a third of that. All right. Uh, something
1: extra to add onto that was like during the D day, during the. D-Day landing gliders that I mentioned—they just straight crashed themselves into the ground into the ground right across from the bridges they were supposed to take. And they're perfectly fine. Like you would never do that with a C forty-seven.
0: No, and that's exactly the point. The C forty-sevens and other aircraft with engines—they're extremely expensive. You would not want to try and land those things in there because, first of all, there's a very high risk of getting shot down. And secondly, there's a very good chance that those aircraft are gonna get captured when they're on the ground. Whereas a glider, they were sort of seen as a one-off, you use it and it's expendable sort of thing. Like um, you land, the air crews come back and they get another glider. So they were able to be mass produced at a fairly low cost. And another thing I've heard a lot is why even use gliders? Why not just have paratroopers go in by themselves? And the main reason for that is, first of all, the men themselves could not carry um, like heavy equipment in. So there were two main uh, ways you could do that. You could either give them very light equipment like the Americans and the British did, or you could send their weapons in separately like the Germans in. So each one of those did have their own problems. Like with the Americans, they were only armed usually with um, fairly light rifles or submachine guns. The Germans, however, when you drop their weapons separately from the paratroopers, that often means when they're first on the ground, they're completely unarmed and they have to go and they have to try and find their weapons. Normally, they'd be hundreds of miles away or at least dozens of miles away. So Both of these scenarios were extremely impractical. However, with a glider, um, you could be very precise. You could load up an entire platoon of men. You could have quite a bit of heavy equipment in there and they could all land in the same spot. So that was another big problem with paratroopers. When they were jumping in, they were pretty much at the mercy of the wind. They would get completely carried away and they'd often be miles upon miles off target. Whereas with a glider, it could be steered and it could land in this specific area that it was required. So it was a lot more precise. You could put troops pretty much right where you needed them. You didn't have to sort of take a gamble on where they would end up. Um, also the
1: fact that unlike every single other plane in existence at the time, uh, gliders are pretty quiet, which mm. would make them useful for surprise attacks, right? They After are, all, you they don't are. want your enemies to be here like like again during the D-day, during the D-Day scenario, right? You don't want the Germans to be hearing your C-47s from miles away.
0: Exactly. That's one big problem with propeller-driven aircraft. You're gonna hear them. And not only are you gonna hear them, you might actually be able to recognize what type of aircraft they are based on its engine sound. Whereas a glider, there's very little noise produced. Like you'd really only hear it if you're standing right next to it and you could hear like the wind blowing as it landed. But if you're uh, like a couple hundred feet away, no, it's very hard to hear a glider. You would probably not be able to recognize that that was a glider landing even. Now we've talked about what the main advantages of gliders. Are why do we talk about the drawbacks? So, some of the main reasons that we really don't see them used anymore is they're very slow and. Um, let's see flimsy. Right they're flimsy. Yes, thank you for that. They're most of the time they had to be made out of wood or uh, very thin plastic and uh, a lot of times fiberglass to keep them as light as possible. However, that meant a shell going through it was going to absolutely tear that thing apart. And because of this combination of its flimsiness and slow speed, they were a prime target for anti-aircraft guns. These things could be just torn out of the sky. And if you go back and you um, like read some of the records from this, there were extraordinarily high casualties from glider crews and paratroopers who were on gliders. Right. So
1: It's like if you took a mosquito and you took out everything that made it useful.
0: Exactly, yeah. They're a lot like the uh, Mosquito Fighters if you remove the engines and all of the guns. So they're very flimsy, yes, and they're very slow. They're unarmed. So, yeah, they're were, they were a massive target. And another big thing that sort, of, um, that sort of destroyed the whole concept of glider infantry was the introduction of the helicopter in the early 50s and the late 40s. So with a helicopter, you pretty much had the exact same advantages as a glider. You could put troops into a very precise area. Uh, It uh, it could be a very small area. In fact, it could be a much smaller area than a glider could land in, because a helicopter can be completely vertical, whereas a glider could not. Um, I think the one drawback of a helicopter is, yeah, you're going to hear it from a long ways out. But other than that, a glider is better in a combat situation in pretty much every single way. Uh, sorry, I think I said helicopter there, did I? Helicopters... No, I
1: said a glider is better in every single way possible.
0: Sorry, sorry, I meant that the other way around. A helicopter is better in every single way possible. Because, well, not, not only can it um, put troops in there, it can actually take troops out pretty quickly too. So if uh, you've sustained wounded in combat, you can uh, get those back onto a helicopter and you can get those out fairly quickly. You wouldn't be able to do that with a glider at all.
1: Can't fast drop out of a glider. Pardon? Can't fast drop out of a glider.
0: No, you can't. So yeah, helicopters, I think we're um, sort of the nail in the coffin for the glider infantry program. That All said, right. gliders are still a lot of fun and they're, they're truly amazing to fly. And I'd recommend it if you can, but no, I highly doubt we're ever going to see glider infantry again in our lifetime. I think it'd be really cool if we did, but right now there's no practical use for it and there's a lot of better alternatives to it. Right. Now, with all that said, that is just about our time for this evening. We'd like to thank you once again for listening to the Ape Geeks podcast. Thank you and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Okay, bye.